good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. You know, the program is really designed for the Lutheran who believes, but maybe has questions. And you know, that's that's me. That's a, a lot of people like that. You know, either questions I believe, but you know, I just don't understand some things. And I find that sometimes, rather than getting into a serious deep chapter and verse discussion, sometimes just a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understand it. And that is what this program is all about. Today, Mark Preuss from St. From Andrew's Lutheran Church in Laramie, Wyoming, is going to join me on the front porch, and we're going to talk about a few things here. Pastor Preuss, welcome to the program. Thanks, Kip. It's good to be back. Yeah, I tell you, we have had uh, an incredible year. <laughs> I keep wondering what else is going to happen in 2020. Uh, but, you know, first we've had this, this horrible coronavirus, then we had that terrible police shooting in Cincinnati, or, pardon me, in Minneapolis, and followed the white protests, and we've had um, rioting, and we've had all sorts of horrible things going on. And... That makes me wonder, as a Lutheran, that we need to look at this from a scriptural and from a catechismic, uh, catechismal point of view. Uh, for example, with the coronavirus, you know, Luther himself wrote about the role of the, of the Christian in plagues. And just recently, uh, President Harrison has released a statement on the death of George Floyd and the ensuing riots. Oh, sorry about that. I just hit my microphone. And he was very upfront about it. He says, God's word rejects racism. And he says, uh, beyond that, he says that uh, that uh, discriminatory treatment of human beings on the basis of race is irrational, evil, and results in evil. It's folly, which can produce only anger and hatred. This is something I'd like to discuss what is going on and how should we look at it from the Christian and specifically from the Lutheran point of view? Well, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's our history. I mean, it's the history of the world. Um, you have different uh, cultures clashing. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, you have a cop who murdered a man, and, and, and of all the previous riots we've seen um like ferguson and and uh others uh it hasn't been as clear um about the you know the death you know whether 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 the police officer was justified or not but this was very clearly just just murder you know and well, surely, i don't know what to surely look that way to me but yeah i'm sorry i'm um, sorry i've stepped on you no, no, that's that's fine. So that, that's murder, and they they should be he's, he should be prosecuted under the law for that. Um, but it, it doesn't justify uh, it doesn't justify looting and and uh, violence. So it's uh, yeah. So that's that's the it's it's a sad time. Um, and it is, I mean, scripturally speaking, I don't. Uh, um, I, I've, I've always taken a little bit of umbrage about Lutherans who defend civil disobedience, be, um, unless unless it's unless it's harming your faith. 
you 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 could I mean like there are tons of laws that are just stupid that you should obey. Like the drinking age of 21 is a stupid age. You know, it's a stupid <laughs> rule. It's 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 imposed by and it was it was imposed by uh um people who don't know how to raise children basically. And uh it's had it's had horrible repercussions, but even though it it, it it harms us in a certain way, we obey it because we're Christians, and the Bible says obey every ordinance of man. And uh, but if but if the government, for example, tells us that we, you know, we can't meet together to preach the gospel in the midst of the sacraments, like it recently has tried to do and has done, then we just ignore them. You know, they can't tell us to not to preach the gospel in the midst of the sacraments because we have we have to obey God rather than men. He told us to preach the gospel in the midst of the sacraments. So Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, but when we're frustrated about uh, ill treatment and other things like that, we should seek peaceful ways to change things. Well, I agree, but you know, civil disobedience is not necessarily the same thing as, as violence. I mean, I look at uh, Martin Luther King. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to vividly remember the, the uh, march on Washington. I remember uh, his preaching. I mean, and here was a man who advocated civil uh, civil disobedience in the face of unjust laws, and yet never resulted to violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, um, civil disobedience is still wrong because you're tearing down the government. And uh, I mean, I admire that he was an amazing speaker, and his goals were definitely good. But um, you 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 shouldn't disobey laws that don't harm your faith. As Christians, you shouldn't do that. Well, what do you do as a Christian when the laws of man violate the laws of God? Well, and as a well, that's the point. If 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 so, if the government is forced, so for example, I was against the Iraq War from the, from the start. I I said we don't have, we're not justified in going into war, and. Um, we don't. I mean, there, there, there are rules, you know. But why exactly did we go? And and uh, and I think we rushed in. And the, they changed the reason for going like two or three times. First, it was the weapons of mass destruction, and then it was Al Qaeda. Al Qaeda wasn't a part of it. And then it was to, to build democracy. Well, that's not a reason for just war. So, if I had been drafted, I was I was in, at the age where if they would have had a draft, they're not going to have a draft, but. If I'd have been drafted, I wouldn't have gone because I can't fight against. Or I can't. I can't fight in a war that is unjust. So if uh, and that would be, I would have to take the penalty for it. I'd have to be punished for it, and that's just what a Christian has to do. Just like um, martyrs and all sorts of circumstances have to do that. Um, in other words, you would have committed but, civil disobedience. Yeah, but that's because God forbids me to go kill people without him commanding me to kill people. So in World War II, we were attacked by Japan. There's a just cause to go to war against Japan. And then Germany declares war on us. Okay, all right, we have to defend our borders. And um, and uh, so I'm obligated by God to go do this, you know? And so, so you have to discern, like, God rules over us on this earth through three, through the three estates. And the three estates are the family and the government and the church. And they, 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 they rule over different aspects of our lives. The family was there from the beginning. And we had Adam and Eve, right? But that failed. 
after sin entered the world. And so the government is there to punish sin and reward righteousness. And the church is there to forgive sin. And the family is is somewhat in between that. It has both of those in, in itself. So like I wouldn't, like my, I have a bunch of kids and um, in a sense, if I, if I send some kid to uh, his room, I'm like putting him in prison, right? But I wouldn't put bars on it and like make him do forced labor for 20 years or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't, I, because, because that's the government's job. And also, even though I teach the gospel at home, and I was just, just my, my wife was teaching the Ten Commandments to our little three-year-old Christian. She's got, I think, the first five down. It's kind of cool. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. have the Lord's Supper at my house, you know? I wouldn't just have a service at my house just for my family because I, I don't have that authority, you know? Uh, um, I mean, a, a pastor has that authority. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pastor, but I would have it with the church, you know what I mean? And so there, there are limits to it. Now, when one, so for example, so God requires you to obey your pastor, but only when he's speaking the word of God. So if he tells you, hey, um, I, uh, I heard that you were getting drunk, you need to stop this, otherwise you're, you know, you're, your soul's in danger, you need to obey him. You know? But if he says, hey, I need you to uh, you know, tear out the carpet in this church because the acoustics, it's destroying the acoustics, then you have to say, well, I, I don't need to do what you tell me to do. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't have the authority to do it. So, so you always have to find out whether they have the authority to tell you this or not. And and the Christians have suffered under unjust laws all the time. And we have to remember this. I mean, and, and Jesus said these words, said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, when they were being oppressed by the Roman government. I mean, unfair taxation, everything. Jesus did not promote rebellion in that circumstance. And and the apostles, too, they, the Peter and Paul, both... Um, uh, uh, and, and, and Jude, they all talk about, uh, you know, obedience to the civil authorities. And, uh, and the reason is because if you, that's the, it's derived from the fourth commandment. That's the first commandment that teaches you to love, the first commandment of loving your neighbor. So, and you see this, you know, where, where is most of the violence happening? It's in areas where they, they, ha- they don't have fathers, you know? There's just, there, there, there isn't a father to honor, you know? And and that's and so from there proceeds violence and you know, adultery and theft. Um, those are the next three commandments after honor your father and your mother. So it's uh, um, it, it's a very hard situation. But as far as disobeying the government, you, you can't disobey the government unless they're telling you to do something that would harm your faith, that would actually uh, contradict God's word, you know, pretty explicitly. So that's that's the basic gist of it, and I think that some Christians are confused about this, but it, it, it used to be taught very well. So, well, when we talk about you know civil disobedience, as we said with Martin Luther King, he did violate law. There was no question about it, unjust mm-hmm. laws, obviously, but but he did violate them. <clears throat> I'm looking right mm-hmm. now at the situations that we're facing here, and I, I see two separate issues here. One, we've got. We have rioting and looting on one hand, which everyone should condemn. But then we have the peaceful protests who are saying something bad has happened. We need to examine what went on, why this happened, and look at solutions. And, you know, reading the First Amendment, people have got the right to assembly and to petition government for a, rede- for a mm-hmm. redress of grievance. Mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah. 
so yeah, is and that... in which case, in which case, they're not, you know, they're not, they're not breaking the law. It's, if it's, if they're, they're, they're assembling for a common good. So I don't, um, you know, the right to assemble and get redress for grievances. My, I guess my, my question would be is what exactly do they want? I mean, they want to dismantle the police state. I'm not entirely opposed to that, but I wonder what would happen if they did. You know, and, and so that there's, I, yeah, it's a, it's a very confusing thing. I, I, um, I'm not against peaceful protests, but in my experience, they've all turned out to be just big rah-rah socialism events. I remember I went to a protest when I was in Minneapolis, I was in college, and, uh, um, and I went to the mall at the University of Minnesota because there was a protest there on the Iraq War. And I was like, all right, I'm against the Iraq War, I'll go. And it was just a big... I mean, a socialist fest. Like it's all I was socialism, and I was like, "This isn't, this isn't my protest." So I, all I could do is just, you know, uh, uh, encourage my other conservative friends who are just throwing the Republican line to think about this a little bit more. And uh, and I'm grateful to be in a country where I can do that. You know, I'm very thankful to God where you can, we can still have differing opinions, and I think that's that's happening less and less these days. Um, Mm-hmm. And these people in their own private lives and in their own businesses will not tolerate dissension, you know, whether it's with um, same-sex marriage or, um, or uh, well, any number of things. It's, it's, uh, you can't say things out loud without getting fired. I remember that one guy, the CEO of Mozilla, uh, uh, Mozilla Firefox, he, he gave $1,000 to support this uh, thing in California to make marriage between a man and a woman and um these things are public obviously your donations become public and so they fired him for doing it you know i mean so and that's a private that's that's not the government doing that that's a private business and they have the right to do that you know they can do that um they can discriminate on the basis of people's beliefs to a certain extent you know and that is they made a difference between this guy who donated for a cause that would promote marriage between a man and a woman and they say we don't believe in marriage between a man and a woman we believe in marriage between any two consenting adults to do whatever they want and so then they use it they use that power that they have over his employment to fire him and so in america okay you can do that was it right of course not but they can do that but it's it's rare that can be done on the other side now you know so i mean this this they're silencing any any speech at all um and uh and so I don't, I mean, I, I sympathize with the, the protesters in many regards, but I just, I kind of, I kind of question what exactly they're, they're aiming at. I, and, and, and part of it, I think, is that the whole situation is very confusing. We have, if you look at what's going on in America, and I don't want to get too much into the politics of it, but it's pretty true is that the middle class is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, and the top, you know, the big rich people are getting richer and richer. And um, and and the lo- uh, the uh, uh, the poor are getting poor. You know, it's just happening, and so it's it's uh, it's a it's a rough situation to be in. But I always remember during this time that God makes the rich and God makes the poor. He got God makes them rich and God makes them poor. So it's just kind of having to shuffle through these things, trusting in God to uh, give us justice. Well, maybe that's the definition of faith. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. you were talking about the Iraq War. Now, I'm I'm, I'm a lot older than you. I, I came up in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. uh, there were boy, I got to tell you, you talk about protest movements. Then 
And uh, that was a situation where, again, we were faced with, um, oh gosh, how to phrase it. The government said we need to do this. Our consciences may have said something else. Uh, I think in retrospect, uh, I think in retrospect, I think uh, people will concede that our involvement in Vietnam was perhaps a mistake. And a bad, yeah. a, one that, the mm -hmm. one that cost a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so what, what should we have done? Yeah, I mean, in, in those situations, you, 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 I mean, a lot of times you're, you're caught in a bad situation. But I think you just have to deal with it from situation to situation. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't blame any of any of my fellow Americans for serving in Iraq or Afghanistan. Um, they, they were trying to do good, and a lot of it just has to do, do with you know what you know. You know. And um, also, one of the differences and, was we had conscription back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we still have conscription, but where we have selective service. But we, we haven't no, had a nobody's been called up since 1972. Yeah, I know. My was dad was on the his his number was being was being drawn, and then Nixon ended the draft. So he was just if Nixon hadn't ended the draft, my dad would have been drafted into Vietnam. Mm. So, but uh, but yeah, it's, well, I don't know. Like I I think that as far as the one of the one of the problems is um, um, I don't know. I saw a video. Uh, you, you're not going to get you're not going to get rid of it's impossible. I mean, I love, I have a dream, I have my kids listen to Martin Luther's I Have a Dream speech just because it's awesome. Mm. You know, it's just an, ama an amazing speech. And that people will be judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. It's just a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. And, um, but it, 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 it's, it's still, it's still a dream. We all know that. And, uh, and I don't know how you can, you know, it's been, well, when did it, was it sixteen nineteen when the first uh, slaves came to America? First black slaves came to America. Yeah, sixteen nineteen, I, mean, I believe. <clears throat> yeah, and so we're looking at four hundred years of um, of blacks being in this country, and and and, and 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 the European culture has been the dominant culture uh, for that entire time. But it's starting to Western culture is starting obviously to deteriorate. I mean, the Westerners are very wicked people. Um, they, they they have ushered in um, abortion. They have fought the most deadly wars, the deadliest wars that this world has ever seen. They've started the, the most deadliest uh, the deadliest wars that this this world has ever seen, and they they have um, murdered uh, their offspring for the past 50, 60 some years. And they've, um, man, promoted and 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 and, uh, and spread pornography. So, so the the white culture, uh, or the European by white, I mean like European, basically right now, um, is is a pretty. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty disgusting culture when you look at it from the big picture. Um, and uh, and so we don't. Isn't really that true have... of all cultures, though? Isn't that true of all cultures? Cultures are from yeah, man. Man is inherently yeah, of course. yeah, of course. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I, I don't. Um, but I, I think that I've, I've always gotten annoyed because people, these race wars get people, they push people into a, a circumstance. Like somebody getting into an argument, um, they, 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 they hold on to the wrong argument. And the wrong argument in this case is. Um, 
is is oh white people are 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 the best or something like that it's not the right argument they're not the best and that was the point that i'm making is that whenever any of these things happens it's time to repent but it's not time to like i saw there's this black lives matter person i saw this mm-hmm. on tucker carlson and uh you ever watch tucker carlson yes i do sometimes uh, yeah anyway he was I've been, my kids and i've been watching their cover his coverage of the riots and stuff like this and this guy who was working for Black Lives Matter uh, uh, asked this white woman who was wearing a mask to bow, or to, to kneel, and then to apologize for her white privilege. <laughs> Some random woman on the <laughs> stage. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of like, what the heck is going on here? It's like, apologize for what? I, I, I don't, I mean, this is, this is why uh, I don't think that, you know, the racial divides are, are ever going to be completely cured. And um, just like like the oppression of man over woman isn't going to be completely cured because we're sinners, you know. Doesn't matter how doesn't matter how many laws you make, um, the, the the things are going to continue. It's not like we shouldn't try to make things better, but I, I think we need we, we we need to take just take a step back and look at the reasons why they're protesting. And you know, white people, Europeans are they they like. They distance themselves. They really they distance themselves from people, you know. So like, they're very willing to give money to keep people they're not comfortable with far away from themselves. And and you can see this if you look at um, in uh, New York City, where people live. And you you you, you I saw a map one time of people earning, I think it was like two hundred thousand dollars or more. And they all lived in the city, and then people who earned less lived outside of the city. And it was just like a, it was like the same thing you would see in a, the same thing you would see in a feudal system or in a, on a plantation with slaves. You know, you got the rich people living here and the poor people living outside. You know, it oh, has Especially changed. true in California. It's, 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 yeah, it's true in California. Yeah. And, and, and that's where, that's what I'm, what I mean about the, the, the dissolution of the middle class. Americans had a middle class of free Americans could live own their own homes and had a and had a voice so that they could raise their families as they see fit and this is true um the black middle class was growing um uh and was pretty strong up until johnson's great society it was getting stronger and i think the you know the rate of you now this has happened for both uh whites and blacks and for all all demographics but um now the children born out of wedlock is much higher than it was um, because, because uh, they've been people. We haven't subsidized marriage and um, working hard. Do you see what I mean? We haven't subsidized that. We, we've, in many cases, marriage is penalized. And this is this 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 goes back to the fourth commandment. You know, honor your father and your mother. If there's no father, how can to you honor, do that if you don't have a father? How yeah, can you do exactly. that if you don't have a father? Yeah. yeah. How can you learn to do that? How can you learn to do that? You know. And so that's that's where. I, and how is that taught then? You know, it's like, and everybody's like, well, the system is, it's systemically racist. And it's like, well, I think that everybody, I mean, I, I let's look at the word discriminate. Okay. So when, when you got married, you discriminated, you said, I don't want yeah. those women. I want, I want this woman, you know, you just, you said, I don't want a man. I want this woman. Do you see what I mean? That's it, because it comes to the word from, for Latin discrimin means difference. 
there's a difference. You say that there's a difference between this and that. And so, so I, I think the way that people use the word discriminate is to say you deprive someone of an opportunity because of his sex or race or, some, or religion or something like that. You know what I mean? And um, you can make laws against it, but people do it. You know, like are are you look at look at the look at the meat in the media. I mean, if, if, mm-hmm. if are they going to hire some? If they're going to hire somebody who's right wing conservative, generally speaking, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, they won't. <laughs> well, I tell you, I used to keep my political views people. to myself when I was in the newsroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I would exactly right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, in, yeah. in some cases, you know, the discrimination is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, for example, we in, in our churches. Uh, uh, you're welcome to come to our services. We love to preach the gospel to you, but you have to believe what we believe to partake in communion. So we discriminate yeah, that's against that, and that's not yeah, a bad thing. No, it isn't. And but it's, it's the question of why you discriminate and w- what you're doing it for. And um, and white people have always just, every culture discriminates against another culture. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. I grew up. Racine, Wisconsin, an old industrial Midwest town on Lake Michigan between between uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. And the church was on kind of an intersection of white, black, and Mexican neighborhood. And, like, who who did that? Who made the neighborhoods? So why were these people all living in one place, and these people all living in one place, and these people all living in another place? Well, before that, it was European little European ghettos and sections. The Germans lived here, the Irish lived there, the Bohemians lived over there, the Italians lived over there. Then somehow, all the white people merged together, but they still haven't, they haven't mixed together with with the blacks and the Hispanics. So they've, in their personal lives, have discriminated. You know what I mean? And and they haven't intermarried and other things like that. Why not? Why, it's not just the whites, you know what I mean? It's also, it's, it's every culture. And I, but I think that the whites are particularly guilty in this regard. Like you have different cultures have different sins, and like you look at um, cultural relativism is stupid, just like moral relativism is, is stupid. Um, so like you, you and cultures can change, but like you, you have like uh, certain cultures were headhunters, certain cultures were cannibalistic, you know, certain cultures uh, uh, worship their, their, the spirits of their ancestors and participate in orgies, certain cultures wage wars in the name of God that are unjust, you know? But, but, but Europeans, they, they, they push people away. They really do. They don't like the, 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 the whites. They, they, they are not interested. They'll give money. They'll do this or that. But they're not interested in mixing with the other cultures. They, they just well, aren't. And, and we're, we're coming into the bottom of the hour here, and I need to take a break. Uh, but we need to talk, discuss this a little further. I'm not sure I agree with you on this, so I think we've got a lot to discuss. Okay, so right. we're going to be back in just a few minutes.
LCMS Disaster Response and Training provides guidance and counsel to congregations seeking to show mercy to their neighbors before, during, and after disasters. From congregation preparedness to equipping volunteers in our Lutheran Early Response Team training, we can help you engage your community, particularly those who are suffering in any way with the love of Christ. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, keyword LCMS Disaster Response, or visit our website at lcms.org forward slash disaster. Once upon a time, far and away, lived a strong and brave night. Presenting the Giant Killer. Now, you might say to yourself, but giants don't exist. But giants may be closer than you think. <laughs> Join Fidus in his fight against the giants of sloth and selfishness. Save yourself. A must-listen for your family to conquer the giants in your life. The Giant Killer. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. This is a test of the emergency alert system. This has been a test of the emergency alert system. D-Day, June 6, 1944, when U.S. troops stormed the beaches of Normandy in their assault on enemy troops. But did you know, during World War II, heart shield Bibles were produced to fit in the front pocket of a soldier's uniform. Their gold-plated steel covers were a protection from bullets while keeping the Bible close to the heart. Inside, the inscription read, As Commander-in-Chief, I take pleasure in commending the reading of the Bible to all who serve in the armed forces of the United States. Throughout the centuries, men of many faiths and diverse origins have found in the sacred book words of wisdom, counsel, and inspiration. It is a foundation of strength and aid in attaining the highest aspirations of the human soul. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Engage with the Bible and its fascinating history. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Welcome back to Last Talk. The pastor is in. Guest pastor today is Pastor Mark Preuss from St. Andrew's Church in Laramie, Wyoming. And we are discussing current events in through a Lutheran lens. We're looking at racism. We're looking at civil disobedience. We're looking at a number of issues that have been raised. Now, Pastor, you were talking earlier about uh, Western civilization being, uh, well, frankly, we've, we've made a lot of mistakes. There's no question about that. But I don't really see where we are alone in that. Uh, it seems to me that this is something that is endemic of all humans. We are all descended from, from, from the old Adam. We are inherently sinful, all civilizations do some very, very bad things. Yeah, but God judges. Through much is given, much will be required. And so, the, mm -hmm. like, God gave, God gave the gospel to Europe, and he blessed them, and then they thought that they, just like Israel thought that they got the promised land on their own, even though it was totally God who gave it to them. So, <clears throat> Westerners and uh, white people think that they, by their own hard work, have gotten all these blessings. When um, it was God blessed us because the gospel is being preached and he loves his Christians. And so people always claim gifts as the product of their own hard work rather than as the gift of God. 
and you can see this uh uh i mean this is this is it's, it's kind of like the psalm it says um unless the lord builds the house those who build it labor in vain you know it doesn't matter what we build if 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 we don't acknowledge the builder and if we're ungrateful and what we have in western culture today is people who are ungrateful they do not thank god for i mean many do and that's why god keeps us from being destroyed but uh they do not thank god for all the blessings they have they think it's the result of their own uh government system or their own hard work or this or this or that and god's not going to tolerate that he's he brings down nations specifically because they're so proud you know that's why he made nebuchadnezzar go mad that's why he, he, he uh um, he, just, he took the king. He takes kingdoms away from people. I mean, read read through Samuel and Kings and Chronicles in the Bible, and you'll see how God specifically goes after nations that exalt themselves and think that they did it all on their own. He he, he destroys them, and that's what I think is happening to um, to Western culture today. God is giving he's 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 he's, he's giving us over to our pride. And so it's a time for, for humbling ourselves. I mean, it doesn't mean that we have to go kneel down and apologize for our white privilege. We, we repent to God, and we treat other people with love. But, um, but as far as, like, what, you know, how, how we have used the blessings that God has given us, we, um, I mean, some have used it for good, and, but, but and in many ways it's just being used for just our own selfish lives. And, and this is why I don't like, you know, like people, it's easy to go join a protest and say all these things, but it, it's much harder to actually to help people, you know, to, to, to do mm-hmm. what's right. And, um, and so that's where I, I don't know, this whole thing is very confusing to me. And I pray for those who are living in these cities. Uh, I mean, look, you look at these people's businesses that are being destroyed, with small businesses, you know, right after the shutdown too. I mean, some of these businesses are never going to come back because people just went and looted all that they had, and um, and that needs to be dealt with uh, according to the law, you know. So I, it, but but getting back to what you're saying, yeah, every culture has its its sins, just like every human being has its sins. But we can't just say, hey, everybody's a sinner, therefore we can't punish murder. Or everybody's a sinner. Oh, I agree with that. You know what I mean? So it, it's the same thing with cultures and. Um, and, and that's how, like, that's where I, I think I think that the the white culture is 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 in for a day of reckoning. We've squandered what God has given us. We haven't we, we haven't been thankful, and so God has given us over to the desires of our hearts. And we can see this. Romans one is a description of America right now. I mean, it's a description of America, and and uh, and so we're going to pay the penalty. So it's not like we have a particularly strong moral ground to stand on right now. And that's why things are so crazy. Well, I'm going to quote a little bit here from, from our, our Senate President, Matthew Harrison. Uh, he's recently, as I said, he issued a statement concerning the death of uh, George Floyd and the ensuing riots. And uh, what he said here is, again, I'm quoting directly from this, The one who grievously and unjustly took the sacred gift of life from George Floyd, resulting in a charge of third-degree murder, which now has been upgraded to second-degree, will ironically be given the very thing he denied his victim, due process of law. Justice must be meted out according to law. Others may be charged. So I think it's excellently said, and because of 
because these these police officers apparently acted beyond any reasonable expectation they're not going to be lynched they're going to go through the system they're going to be examined we're going to be talking to them we're going they're going to have defense and we're going to see exactly what happened and they will be judged according to law mm-hmm. and this i think this is a good thing i mean oh boy did i just step in that one <laughs> this whole situation is not a good thing but what we're, it's highlighting is that indeed there have been some injustices and perhaps maybe more than just a few under the color of law. I have always believed that police officers, those who have the authority to enforce the law, the authority to take me and say, hey, you're under arrest, or even to point a gun at me, and I'll tell you frankly, I've had twice I've had police officers point guns at me. Uh, that these people have got to be held to what? a higher standard. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. You got to tell That's me. That's true. You got to tell me what happened. What happened? <laughs> okay. Both times I was. I, I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, both times I did something stupid. Uh, okay. <laughs> first well, time never was. Mind, then. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. The, actually, it's it's probably not bad because it's a lesson for people. First first time that happened to me, I was driving on Interstate 70 up toward Kansas City, and a highway patrolman pulled me over for uh, speeding. Mm-hmm. And like an idiot, I got out of the car and started walking to the police car instead of waiting for him. And by golly, he drew on me, and I'm looking down a gun. Uh, second oh, time it happened uh, was when I was working as a reporter, and uh, there had been some pretty bad gang violence in this one area, and the police uh, had pulled over a, a bunch of kids. I mean, we're talking about 20 or 30 kids. And there were a bunch of police officers out there, 10, 50, 20 of them. And they're making a felony arrest. I mean, they got these kids under, you know, having them come out with their hands up and the, 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 their, the, the guns are trained on them, the whole thing. And yeah. uh, idiot me, <laughs> with my press pass and notebook, running up to the uh, scene. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear one of the, uh, the plainclothes detectives is kneeling down with his gun on a suspect. I heard him shout, Sarge, behind me. And suddenly I see a sergeant with a drawn pistol pointed right at my nose saying, What are you doing? Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Over eager. (laughs) Oh, you know, that that was one of the biggest problems. Uh, A lot of reporters run into this, and I know it was certainly the case with me, uh, is that sometimes you forget that you're part of the scene. You know, you're, you're just you're almost like you're looking at it from a third party, from looking at it from above. You know, I, okay, I'm just recording this. I'm not really part of it. And, you know, I, I <laughs> in this particular been, case, been, actually in both cases, these, these officers were in fear of their lives. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. The cop who, I mean, you got to put yeah. yourself, you got to put yourself in their shoes. And I, I, but they have to, you're right, they have to be held to a higher standard. I've, I've dealt with good cops and bad cops but i've dealt with those cops that have just an attitude that they're in it for the power and that's always the danger of any office that mm-hmm. has authority is, is that people are going to abuse their power and so we have to be diligent about about uh taking care of it and i think we have been more diligent in in recent years um 
because I mean, they're they're the glass. I just heard this. The Washington the Washington Post has um, a database of uh, people being shot by and, and and killed by cops, and mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 gotten fewer unarmed people have been um, have been killed, um, both whites and blacks, uh, in the last ten years. Um, and and so it's 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 you know that's 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 a good thing. My my issue is like if you so you hear these Antifa supporters and these um, other people saying that rioting they're defending the rioting, saying this is like this is the only weapon that they have, and this is the only resort that they have is to do this. And um, uh, in a sense, we know that it's wrong to loot and destroy your neighbor's business. I mean, this isn't. This isn't the answer, right? But nevertheless, in a certain sense, they're right in that they don't know what to do. They 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 they're, they, they don't they're not accustomed to having any contact with or any influence over the government or or any association with justice that isn't it's you know against them. And uh, and and part of that I, I go back to this again and again is is the is the lack of fathers, you know. Like I have, if somebody tried to, if, if people tried to go after me, I have guns in my house and I would arm my oldest son and I would take my other gun and we'd stand by the window and say, what do you want? You know? And, uh, and I would organize this according to a way that would defend my home. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go out into the street mm-hmm. and start, you know, breaking store windows and all this stuff because these are my neighbors and I want them to succeed as I want to succeed because I know as a man, that's my job is to is to, is to protect the home, and so that we can still do business with people outside of us. You know what I mean? But but uh, oh, yes. but if you don't have if you don't have a father teaching that, and a lot of times the mother teaches it too. But I mean, mothers get very overwhelmed. These mothers have to do it all now when they don't have a father. You know what I mean? And you know how it is. Like when when if, like my kid, my if if, if my wife um, gives a lecture to Kristen, our three year old, she will, you know, kind of listen. But if I give her a little lecture, she listens, you know, because I'm, I have a deeper, stronger voice. I'm bigger. I'm scarier type thing, you know, and these things are taught when they're very little. And if they're not taught that when they're very little with, a, with a, you know, a man over them, then what are they going to think of? They don't know how to deal with men in authority. It's, it's, it's questioned all the time. They don't have a tr- trustworthy men who have authority over them. And so then when some guy comes who doesn't, like, you don't know what, what's the cop's interest, you know? It's, 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 it's a messed up situation, and, and, uh, and I don't see any solution to it. No social, pouring money into it isn't going to work. We've been doing that for 50, 60 no. years, you know? I think you're absolutely right with about the, the great society destroyed the black family. It just utterly oh, devastated yeah. it. Yeah, and, when the first, uh, the first housing projects they opened in St. Louis, um, all the I go, yeah. shot up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it was, they just destroyed marriages. And, and and that's the worst thing you could possibly do to a family is to is to separate, you know, the the, the father and the mother. I mean, the most the most if you want to if you want to see like as far as life expectancy is concerned, if you have a father, you are more likely to live longer than if you don't. Yeah. You know, you're more like you're you're less likely to go to jail. You're less likely to do drugs. You're less likely to be a violent offender if you have uh, if you if you have a father. So the solution, and this is what these, this is what I really, if we want to get to it, and I, this is not, this isn't so much politics as it is 
um, as it is basic natural law, which should govern all of our behavior. It isn't even necessarily, it isn't exclusive to Christianity. It's any, any religion. Honor your father and your mother. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is what needs to be taught. And, and, and Black Lives Matter specifically, specifically uh, says that they want to uh, uh, destroy the, the nuclear family. They want, they don't, that is a father, mother. Now, I'm not sure BLM has said that. Uh, I'm pretty sure. There are, there are, yeah, there are groups that have said flatly that they do want to do that, but I, I don't think BLM was one of them. Well, I'll, I'll fact check it later. Um, but I heard, I saw it on, uh, on Tucker Carlson. I saw a quote on there. It was several things. It was one of the things was to defund the police and then also mm -hmm. to, um, yeah, maybe it wasn't BLM, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, this this is this is the this is the the point is that you're not going to you can't and I've I've learned this from being a pastor for almost ten years you you can't get past the Ten Commandments you can make all sorts of rules that make you disobey them less at least outwardly or you can give people money you can do all sorts of things but you can't get past the Ten Commandments you're not going to be happy if you commit adultery you're not. You're not going to be happy. Things aren't going to go well with you if you steal. You know what I mean? Whoever lives by the sword dies by the sword. Like These are just truths that, that are there, and they all flow from the Fourth Commandment. And so until the government supports the family as nature has, it teaches us it should be, nature teaches us this, it's, nothing's going to change. And since nature has been rejected as a means by which to determine what is right and wrong, as we see with, with same-sex marriage and other things like that, then I, I see very little hope um, for, for any reversal of the circumstances uh, unless people wise up and say, hey, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to uh, raise a family, you know? I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise a family and I'm going to protect it and I'm going to work on that basis. But it's, uh, well, nature is just one. Right. Nature is just one aspect of how of how God controls the world. Uh, so when you say you know natural law, I think we're really talking about God's law here. And also, I'm thinking you know I, I was fortunate enough to to be raised in a nuclear family, and uh, you know my father. You know I looked up to him. He taught me so much about what it is to be a man. You protect yeah. a woman. You protect your country. Mm -hmm. You are yeah. honest. You don't steal. You help. Yeah. This is what it is to be a man, and uh, in not being a muscle-bound brute who can overpower somebody or show how tough you are. No, that's that's not being a man. That's being a male, and there is a huge difference between them. Yeah, I know, and that's yeah, that's one of the things. I, I remember going and playing. Uh, we played bass. There was a church parking lot, and um, big parking lot. Uh, with a playground on it right by our house. Our house was the parsonage on Main Street, and then the church was uh, like a block away. And uh, when I would be moved there when I was six, and there were a bunch of black guys playing basketball on our basketball hoops there. And so my dad goes up and talks to them and said, hey, I got a bunch of kids who just moved in from small town. They don't know how to handle themselves in the city. Would you guys watch out, watch over them? And they did for a long time. I learned to play basketball with them. They protected us from anybody who would go after us. And so... <laughs> And it was it was great. It was wonderful. And and you know we got our aggression out on the basketball court. You know, and we'd laugh at each other, make fun of each other, and do like like you know how guys they need to bump up against each other. You know, they got it. That's how guys are. <laughs> and it was a wonderful thing. 
But then the trustees removed the basketball hoops because of, quote, insurance reasons. And then all hell broke loose. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like oh, you can't you, – you, you, need, you, need, you need good places where, where the races can get together and know each other, you know? And this is where you see this in the military. You know, if you're if you're a white guy and and you got and you you got a black guy next to you, you're not thinking about the color of his skin on the battlefield. You know, you're thinking this guy's my brother. He's going to help me. He's going to take care of me. You know, and I'm going to lay down my life for him. And 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 we just ha- we, we we aren't given those sports as just as like a, a minute um, imitation of that. You know, in fighting life's battles, you need a brotherhood, but a brotherhood doesn't mean much without a father you know it, 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 it okay now let's let's look at this you, you really you really touched on something very important here the military has been integrated since 1948 and you're right the troops that are are involved regardless of the branch of the service they are what they are you know they they're, they're green they're blue they're whatever whatever the uniform color is Right. And there is a sense of unity that they have that transcends he's white, he's black. Now, my question right. here is we as Christians and we specifically as Lutherans, why is it that we are so overwhelmingly white? Our message is for everyone. Yeah, well, that's where, like, I, we can talk all the anti-racist stuff we want, um, but... I mean, look at what happened when when the when the the Great Northern Migration, when the Southern Blacks moved up to the Midwestern cities. Where did all these Lutheran white people go? They moved mm-hmm. to the suburbs. They didn't want to be near the black people. This that's that's what it was. I mean, you could say that there are other reasons why they did it—an interstate rolling through their neighborhood or something like that—but but they didn't want to be near them. I mean, that's what happened, and then and then all they took all their money away, and they didn't support inner city congregations. You know what I mean? They supported their their, their suburban churches, their ugly suburban churches for the most part, and and uh, and their own lives. And they just simply forgot about their old neighborhoods, and they didn't think they didn't think they had any obligation at all to support those churches that they had attended, where which now had tons of new opportunities to teach and preach the gospel, and they they just left it. They didn't give their money towards that. We give our money towards big churches to grow and, 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 and make people entertain when they come to church. But we don't, like, like one, one money, you know, the, the money for one mission, for one mission trip to send a bunch of teenagers to Guatemala, which is almost entirely worthless, uh, could, could support a pastor for a year in, in inner city. I mean, think about that, Kip. Think about it. We have mm-hmm. misused the gifts that God has given us. We moved away from them. That's what I meant earlier about white people. They want to they, 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 well, we'll give you money, we'll give money, give money. But then they just move, they push people away. You know, like they, they go away. They want to be comfortable by themselves. I don't call it like this European way of just, hey, I got my own castle and I don't want, I want to be left alone and all this other stuff. I don't know what it is. But the fact is that it's our fault. And, and we did not we did not and we still do not take care of um of people in i was i was a vicar in chicago for three months in uh 2005 no 2000 no 2008 it would have been and summer of 2008 and these churches are just dying and the people who left they left it's over you know they didn't think about it anymore they just went and took care of they left and then they built their own churches elsewhere or they just stopped going to church and and then think about the churches that they had left 
in the middle of a city with tons of opportunities to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. You know, they, 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 it's like, you know, we're, we're, we support our own church, et cetera, but they don't think about their brothers and sisters uh, who want to preach the gospel in these places where, uh, where different people have come. You know, and, and it isn't just black. Like, the, in the, this one uh, congregation I was at was a Slovak congregation. When the Slovaks moved in, all the Germans moved out because the Germans were racist against the Slovaks. You know, like that's what happened. And then, and then, and then the Hispanics moved in, and the Slovaks moved out because they didn't. You know, uh, these aren't my people. And then that's, that's 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 like a natural. That's the problem right thing. there. They're Christians. Yeah. They're Lutherans. That means they are our people. Well, they're not yet. You know, they're like, are you going to talk, talk to them? Become neighbors? Teach them the gospel. Well, you know, like, are you going to do that? I'm going to pat yeah. myself on the back here a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> my congregation, for example, our, my pastor is black. Uh, mm -hmm. My congregation is majority African American. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's, 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 it's because of where because of where you live, and, and that's that's and that's wonderful that you don't um, that 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 you 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 can do that. But historically, that's the reason why. I mean, that's the reason we have we have willingly not mixed ourselves with people who are different than us. You know, we willingly. How have do we change that? Ourselves. How do we, as Lutherans, change that? It's, it's, in many ways, it's too late. We don't have we don't have any moral clout anymore. I mean, the suburbs are so full of of materialism and everybody planning their lives out perfectly. With uh, and, and the, the kids are so busy with all their extracurricular activities. They don't have devotions at home. We don't even have a family unit anymore in most places. They can't even you can't even get confirmation scheduled. They're so busy, you know, busy, 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 doing such important things. That's why this this, this last uh, this COVID thing was actually beneficial in many ways because people actually had to be with their families and deal with who they were or who they are, you know. And it's, it's how are you supposed to integrate with people when you don't have families that are strong? You can do it on an individual basis, of course, but the, how, how, how people's, different people's mix together is through families. That's how it happens. It's through, hey, um, you look different, but m my son is interested in your daughter. You know, we should probably get to know each other a little bit more, you know? But no, everything's just an individual crusade to do what you can instead of working in the ways that God actually gave us to work, you know? And so, and I've, I've touched on this topic before when I've spoken to you. I'm not, it's not like I, it's not like it's the, it's the end of it. The chief article of the faith is the doctrine of justification by, by grace through faith alone. That's, we are, we are justified. We are all sinners um, in, in this. Um, but the good works that God works in us from faith that clings to Christ, who died for us, these good works flow from, uh, flow from faith and into obedience to the Ten Commandments. And if we want to love our neighbor, then we preserve our families. So, so that not so that we have have a have the, the perfect little uh, suburban three car garage dream thing. Unless the Lord builds the oh, house, they labor in vain who build it. So, but so well, that we can actually Christ, mix we with other people. Right at the end of the program, right now. And boy, we've discussed a lot of problems. I'm not sure we've got the solutions yet, but the solutions, I think, are in the Catechism and in the Bible. Now let us pray. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today, Pastor Preuss. Thank you. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue.
To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.